You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Uh, my name is Josh Gray. I'm the lead servant here at Real Life. Honored to be uh, that servant here and excited about what we're doing today. Uh, we're starting a new sermon series called Sticks and Stones. And so you guys have heard the nursery rhyme, right? Or whatever we used to say in the playground. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What a lie that was. That's a, that's a lie, and you have to say that to yourself over and over again, but what a lie that was. And I, this week, as I was going through uh, the text, and I went to my sermon club, and I'm like, yeah, I have 34 pieces of text I want to talk about. They're like, well, you might want to narrow that down, but one of those pieces of text dir- directly uh, contradicts that, and I was like, oh, yeah, that'll be a good one. I can't wait till we get to that. So, uh, sticks and stones, and I'm not even touching the book of James, because I'm leaving that for Greg next week when he preaches. He can have the whole book of James. So I just, I've eliminated that. Greg, there you go. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the, the one first verse that kind of, uh, that's kind of been wearing over me this whole week uh, was uh, Proverbs 18.21. And Proverbs 18.21 uh, talked about the, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18.21. Failure. Did you guys do that or did I do that? I don't think I did that. I pressed it like five times. I'm going to let you guys run the slides back there. We've had gremlins in the building this morning. So I no longer have control of the slides. Um, So the tongue has the power of life and death. Death to those gremlins. Uh, Life and death. And so that's pretty, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I believe that. And those who... And those who, who love it will eat its fruit. It's going to be one of those mornings. I see how it is. I see how it is. That's all right. We got words. Those who love it will eat its fruit. And that part of it kind of wrecked me this week. I was thinking about um, eating the fruit of some of my words. And some of my words have, the fruit has been really awesome. It's been really good. And some of the, the fruit of my words has not been good. You guys have heard the saying, right? You stick your foot in your mouth. Like your foot doesn't taste very good, right? And so for us as Christians to be super careful with our words because words matter. Words hold the power of life and death. And so we see this uh, in, in, in the text. We see it all over, but I love it. Like this is, this is a message for me from Alison Krauss, who's a country singer. And it was probably just a specific message to me, but she said, hey, Josh, you know what? You say it best when you say nothing at all. (laughs) You say it best when you say nothing at all, and that is sometimes really, really true. Um, It's estimated that people speak about 16,000 words a day. That's a 60-page book that comes out of your mouth every day. That's a lot of words to steward well. This sermon's going to be like 3,000 to 5,000 words so I'm like a third done after this. <laughs> Carrie wonders why I'm not real talkative afterwards. No, um, no, and, and the words matter. And they don't just matter because they're coming out of a microphone or because I stand on this stage. Um, yes, words, somebody who, who proclaims to teach needs to be very careful with his words. And I am, and I try to be very careful with my words. Thank you for your grace and mercy as I've been learning and growing at this church. But our words matter. And the Bible has a lot to say about our words. And it starts in the very beginning in Genesis 1. 
In verse 3, he says, And God said, Let there be light. Right? He says, Then let there be light. This is later. Don't worry about that one. He says, And let there be light. And Genesis, uh, it's not even in your notes. And, and in 6, it says, God said. And in verse 9, it says, God said. In verse 14, it says, God said. In verse 20, it says, God said. In verse 24, God said. In verse 26, God said. And then totally changes it up in verse 28. God blessed them, and then he said to them. And then verse 29, he goes back and he says, uh, then God said, God spoke the world into creation. His words have the power of life and death. Genesis 3 Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, he said words. Did God really say that? Did he really say that to you? Are you sure you heard him correctly? Did you hear those words correctly? Did he really say that you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Do you see words just from the beginning of time, from the beginning of creation, moving creation towards life and moving creation towards death. I'm going to roll through some of these verses here. Psalm 34, uh, 13 says, Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. We're getting into our uh, political season and what's the joke about politicians? How do you know when a politician is lying? Yeah, not always true, but yeah, kind of funny. Like, okay, yeah, we're getting into this season and we need to be careful with our words, Christians, brothers and sisters, right? I need to be careful with my words because there's going to be a lot of words flying around and are they going to be words that are going to give life or death? Psalm 141.3 says, Set a guard over my mouth. Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. What's the first thing that you said this morning when you got up? You know what I said? Snooze button. Where's the snooze button? Knocked my phone off, you know, trying to find my phone. Why is it so loud? Why is it? Are are the first words out of your mouth when you get up? Are you praising God for the fact that you got up? How about the last words? What are the last words out of your mouth every day? Are you thanking God for the day? How about this? Wouldn't this be a great prayer? Set a guard over my mouth. Lord, set a guard over my mouth today. Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips today. Let me, let me steward your words well today. What do you have for me? How can I be somebody who, who knows that words matter and speaks words of life over and into people? Proverbs ten nineteen. 19. Uh, too much, I love this New Living Translation. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I think it was written directly for me. It's like, man, be careful, right? Proverbs twelve eighteen says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Do you know that you guys bring healing? You walk by somebody today at church and you're like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, eh, I'm all right. Okay, I'll pray for you. Or do you stop and go like, no, 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 no. What do you mean you're just, you're just all right? Well, you, you, you know. No, I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say. 
because your words matter to me. And actually, you matter to me. Proverbs, five, or Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. We're trying to be Christians, right? That's what we're, some of us that are here for, we're like, yeah, Christianity sounds like a good thing. Being a Christian means to be Christ-like or little Christ. We want to imitate Christ. And he was a pretty good steward of his words. So if we're trying to be like God and we're going to say we didn't get a t-shirt when we accepted the Lord, we got his name and we don't take his name in vain. And it says the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. So how am I doing on that? I got to work on that. How about in the Gospels, Matthew 12, 36 says, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for uh, it, it in the day of judgment. It'll be a long day. <laughs> I hope that day is like my dish remote where I can be like, fast forward times 15, up times 60, up times 300. Let's move through that day. I was thinking about how words are, are different and how they travel differently today. Did you know that if you try to send a letter from New York to Philadelphia, 109 miles, uh, roughly in the late 1700s, 1800s, 109 miles, it would take about 14 days for that letter to get there. So if I was like, Josh, I got something really important I want to tell you, 14 days later, he'd find out. And then he writes me back, it's like a month later, and I'm already dead, and we missed it. Sorry. I needed that, uh, a blood donor, and you were my perfect match. Too late. So words travel differently today now, don't they? And like, so you guys could be sitting in here today on your phones, and you'd be like, that sermon was okay. And you could post that to all of your friends on Facebook, if you're old like me and you use Facebook. And thousands of people would hear your words or if you're cool and you have Instagram and you have like all these Instagram followers, you could be like, take a picture of yourself. You'd be like, at church today. <laughs> and like thousands of people would know, all your followers would know that you were at church today and they would know what you were wearing and what you looked like and what you thought about it. Words travel. Words matter. They travel more today than they've ever traveled before in the history of time. Think about the last 150 years with words. The telegraph. That's how they did it, I think. I'm pretty sure. Right? And it ran down these lines uh, of where the, where the trains were, and that's how they could communicate information. That was so cool. And then I was like, yeah, what about fax machines? And like the first electronic printing telegraph slash fax happened in 1843. How about the telephone? You know, the first call was made from a cell phone in 1973 by a Motorola engineer. Probably was like this. Hello? Probably needed, like, support to hold it. Can you hear me now? First smartphone PDA by an IBM engineer in 1992, where they combined a phone and a PDA together. The internet as we know it, 1983. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. And be careful, big mouth, what you say. Because it travels, words travel. In Ephesians, 
says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Our words are to benefit those who listen. What if we had a community here on the Palouse and we were, we were, we were spreading, we were spewing words of encouragement that benefited people that listened? Will we change our community? Amen, huh? First Peter 3.10 says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, not the show, uh, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. My wife and I, she brought up a good point of a book that we had listened to before. I think it was Lois, uh, it might have been sitting at the feet of Rabbi Jesus and talked about um, what happens when uh, poor words are spoken that there's, in the Midrash, there's three like murders that happened when words that are spoken that are evil the person that you said it to or about gets murdered. The person that heard it gets murdered. And the person that said it gets murdered. How are we doing with our words? John uh, 6, 63 uh, and 68 is what I have next. But in John uh, 6, there's kind of te- Jesus has this hard teaching and they, the, the uh, disciples hear this hard teaching and a lot of people decide that this is too hard and so they, they quit following Jesus. And in verse, uh, verse uh, 6, chapter 6, verse 63, it says, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. If we're to be Christ-like, are our words full of spirit and life? Think about the worship that we just sang. Why is it that I feel so, so, so much closer to God when I'm in here worshiping with you guys and we're singing and praising God with our mouths, with our words, and we're praising him? And it's like my heart at messages that I attend, it's like after I've spoken all these words of life and, and praise God and praise God and praise God, it's like my heart's a little bit softer. It's like this could actually penetrate it and get into my head and my heart better because of the words that I was speaking. Because those words, they are full of spirit and life are my words full of spirit and life. And then, uh, so they, they go through this hard time of teaching in the next uh, verse 68, Jesus is like, hey, are you guys going to leave me too? And Simon Peter says to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where would we go, Lord? Because you have the words of eternal life. We have the words of eternal life right here. Lots of different versions of the words of eternal life. Think about speeches that you've heard. We just celebrated Martin Luther King Day, right? King Junior Day on last Monday. I have a dream. Did those words change anything? How about JFK's inauguration speech? Did those words change anything? Winston Churchill's words never, never. Never give up. How about the Gettysburg Address? Did that change anything? See, words matter. 
They matter today more than ever, and you have access to let them fly farther than you've ever had an opportunity to let them fly. The baseball speech from Lou Gehrig, if you're a sports fan, passionate speech. So God was pretty passionate about this. Uh, in Deuteronomy, um, he's talking to, to, the, to the people and he's like, you guys need to be careful to not slip up and go worship false idols and worship false gods and worship all these things. And so because I want you to be really careful, here's what I want you to do. I want you to fix the words of mine. Whose words are we supposed to fix our life upon? The influencers on YouTube or Facebook or whatever those ones are. What's an influencer? Instagram. Those are the person's words we're supposed to fix our life, our, our, our minds upon. What, what TV says, nope. We're supposed to fix, even today, we're supposed to be, fix these words of mine on your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as, those, as the days that the heavens are above the earth. How important does God think words are? Take a look at this picture. It's still important today. Maybe. Words are competing, right? They're competing for your mind. Look at this. So this, you know how this is today, right? So he's got uh, the the word bound on his forehead. And in that little box are going to be scrolls, little scrolls of God's word. And he's got it tied around his arms, of God's word. And this is like, well, this was old times. He meant for this like, like thousands and thousands of years ago. No, he means for it today. And not faith, he means for it today like right now. And you can tell it's new because you got the kid in the camo, sw- uh, camo hoodie half on. Why do you wear it half on your head? I really, when my son does the same thing, it's like, it, it can, just kind of over? No, but it's for today. Words matter Today. They matter to him today. They matter to us today. Words have the power of life and death. How is your habit, how is your addiction to God's word? I have a confession to make. I, look at, I open up Facebook more than I open up the Bible. Mm, that hurt. Why did I say that? How's your addiction to God's word? What's the first thing out of your mouth every day when you get up? What's the last thing when you go to sleep? And you want to know why words matter? You want to know why they matter to God? Because words matter because they impact God's most prized creation, which is you. They impact as people. You're going to impact people this week with your mouth. You were going to speak words of life that lead people to life, and you can also speak words that lead people not to that. 
First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. He calls you special. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. What do you have to declare that the Lord has done in your life? Does anybody need to know what the Lord has done in your life? Or does it need to be a secret? I'm trying this, uh, this on here. This is a, an a, what is it, acronym, right? So I'm trying this before words leave my mouth. I'm trying to think, which is good. Is this true? Is what I'm going to say true? Is it even helpful? Is it inspiring? Am I inspiring other on, others on to love and good deeds? Or am I helping them fall back? Is it even necessary? And is it kind? I want us all to just continue to be better thinkers. We're going to change the Palouse. We're going to change the town that you live in. Change our culture by what comes out of our mouths. And when people look at people that go to this church, go to real life, uh, call themselves a Christian, they, they, what you can say out of your mouth is what they think your God looks like. We're going to take this time to go to communion. If you're serving communion, thank you very much. Appreciate that. We had the privilege of doing communion every week at our church. And so uh, if, you're our, if you're visiting, uh, you're welcome to uh, participate in communion. We just hold it till the very end. Um, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is not a snack. Uh, this is just rolling on through. <laughs> let it, just let it pass you by. But it's really important for us uh, that call him our Lord and Savior because we're doing something very important with our words with our actions, we're remembering. We're remembering him. So I'm take a look at some of the uh, questions for this week as we dive into this. You can do this around your home or in your, or in your group. Uh, but how about a question of, of what is the best compliment you have ever received? I thought that would be easy. I thought that would be easy to, to have that one. What's the best compliment that I ever received? And I started to think about it, and I've received so many. <laughs> it's probably about my humility. <laughs> no, it's a tough one. What's the best compliment you've ever received? How do you feel about that person who gave it to you? Do you practice giving compliments? Uh, an old book I used to read every, every year was called uh, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And he said, give one sincere compliment every day. Be lavish in your praise and hearty in your approbation. Approbation, I think that's the right word I was thinking of. Be lavish in your praise with people. Give one sincere compliment tomorrow. Look for somebody that you want to like, that you have to go out of your way where you have to think about it. And you're like, wow, you know what? That was really amazing what you did. I saw you love that person really well. If we have a group of people that are out complimenting and speaking life. Question number two, is your communication healthy in the principal relationships in your life? For some reason, my family gets the worst of my mouth.
for some reason, I'm sure I get the worst of their mouth. And they should get the best. So what kind of talk do you think harms these relationships? What are you speaking over and about your children? What are you speaking over and about your brothers and sisters? What are you speaking over and about your parents? Grandparents, what are you speaking over your families? What are we speaking over this church? Because words matter. Words have power. Are there areas in your life in which your words challenge the authority of God? And if you don't know what God's authority is, that's probably very true. That we have words that challenge God's authority. And that's part of just having this be an addiction. Where you want to know what God's words are because we don't want to challenge his authority because his words are power. Jesus' name is powerful. And how much does my talk express the spirit of thankfulness and contentment? Are we thankful? Thank thank you, Lord. Praising him as many times as you can. I was watching a a talk from uh, uh, Brad Gray online, and he talked about how he tries to thank God a hundred times a day. I think it was. A hundred times a day. Just thank him. Like, getting to a hundred. Thank you for that, Lord. Just simple little things. Car started. Thank you, Lord. I got gas. Thank you, Lord. Made it to work on time. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we got coffee. Thank you, Lord. hundred times. I mean, that's only like five, and that seems like outrageous. But we're just walking with an attitude of thankfulness, and we're saying it out of our mouth. And then guess what happens? We start to, to really internalize it, that, that we start noticing all the little things that God is doing for us in our lives. And contentment. Do you know that we have enough? We all have enough. It is hard to starve in America. You'd have to set a goal. We are a very, very blessed nation. I was talking to a gentleman last week. I overheard this. He'd just gotten back from a mission trip to Africa. And he was having a really hard time readjusting to the simple fact that we have clean water. Well, you don't understand. Moscow water is very hard. You should see my faucets and how they come. We have to really work on cleaning. It's very difficult. Like, we're not dying when we drink it. Not right away, anyway. (laughs) But he was having a hard time adjusting. And which car am I going to drive today? This darn phone's not connecting to my Bluetooth in my car. Difficult difficulties we struggle with versus carrying dirty water from five miles away to hopefully feed your crops so they'll hopefully feed your family. I'm content. The Lord's got us. He's got us. So his words matter. His words mattered at the at the Last Supper. Lord Jesus on that night he was betrayed, he took the bread. And we had given thanks with his words. He broke and said, this is my body. This is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember our Savior. 
Then the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's remember him. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for what you continue to do within this body. I ask that, uh, Lord, you would just have your hands over everyone in here, that you'd be crafting their words this week. Lord, that you would put me on mute when you need to mute me, when I need to be bold. Help me be bold. That we would be a, a, a group of believers that choose to understand that words matter and to choose to steward them well. Choose to steward them really well because they travel so fast and so far. Let us be the people that give words of life, words of praise, words of thankfulness. Lord, you've got special words for people to say this week in our, in our work, at home, all around. Lord, let us say it well, that we would honor you with our mouths. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.